0: Welcome to the Lost and Founder, the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs to become the best versions of themselves. I'm your host Savage Brody, and today I have a very special guest, very close friend of mine, my brother from another mother, Kev Carter. How are you, man? I've been good, man. Just living life, yeah. doing
1: the damn thing. Nice. We go back what five or six years now. Yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. I, literally since I got. It, to LA basically, which yeah, about six years. Can't believe it.
0: Yeah, for those listening at home, I want you give them thirty seconds on who is Kev Carter.
1: Yeah, so who is Kev Carter? From Virginia, lived in New York, LA, lived overseas in Europe for a bit. I currently work in marketing, movie marketing, and prior to this in the army, doing military intelligence. I was a paratrooper, and yeah, overall, I'm just I'm an extrovert. I love people. love to hear their stories, and beyond that, just try to do my best to be a good person. And you know productive member of society. What is your history of depression? Like, What is Kev's battle? I would say overall, I, I would say it largely comes in waves. It'll come in times, obviously times of hardship. It's never been largely like protracted depression that I've had. Luckily, as everyone goes through stuff, I have as well. I know when I was younger, definitely had some depression that I think stemmed out a lot of an inability to express myself. I think I was just young and saw ups talking a certain way and wanted to express myself and then just realized I couldn't maybe at that time I was just too dumb or something. So I get frustrated. And I think that would just, that led to a lot of that, which led out to lashing out and found trouble a lot at school when I was younger. And then a lot of my life have actually been an optimist and not just blindly optimistic, but just genuinely optimistic because I live my life in gratitude, largely. Though there have been certain points, which obviously I'm sure will dive into in a bit where that just wasn't enough and the shit piles on because as men we don't really talk about a lot yeah i'd say it's, it comes in ways but when the shit hits it hits how off. old were you when you first thought that there that might be
0: something awful like you, you
1: thought you might be depressed I, I don't particularly remember how young i was i do remember i was put on some type of medication it wasn't for a long time it was also like i have adhd and stuff so i was being put on like ritalin and all this and like clonidine or whatever the hell it was called And I know it was all right around that time. So definitely as like elementary school age, like young elementary school is probably my first bout that I remember with depression. So
0: being in the military, man, we talk about this a lot, but how much... Did that affect your mental well being? Not just being in the military, being away from your friends and family, but also coming out. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack there. I will just
1: preface this where I'm not a combat veteran. Yeah. I'm not someone that has seen my brothers and sisters like blown up or anything like that. I have a lot of friends that have, unfortunately, but I do want to just preface that not in any way to diminish what I've gone through. Just I think a lot of times when people hear veterans and depression, that's just where their mind goes. And it's yeah. a lot more to it than just that. I think. As joining the military, I was someone that grew up in the D.C. area. It was always present in my life. The Pentagon was 15 minutes from my house, and then you go in with this—you basically rip open your shirt and you have the American flag banner on your chest, and you're just gung ho, ready to go. But the realities of the military are a lot more difficult. And also, let me say, I I in no way, shape, or form regret my time in the service. Uh, I look back upon it very in a very positive light. But there is a lot to it that. It's just incredibly difficult. Things like you mentioned, like being away from family, really high operations tempos, so just like constantly training. As I mentioned, I was a paratrooper and I was stationed in Europe. I was there 2013 to 2016. So that was like the height of ISIS and Russia annexing Crimea. So we were just constantly busy traveling to a different country and just always away from home. When you are home, it's great. You're eating pasta and drinking wine. Every other moment, you're basically have no control of your life. So that alone was quite a bit. And then getting out, I tell people that I was stationed in Europe and Italy and they're just, like, Oh, it was so cool. And tell me, well, let me tell you, it was freaking awesome. But I was over there for about two and a half years and you, you even forget how to be an American when you're gone for that long. Like, You lose your ability to even know things like inside jokes and what's culturally sound at the time. As someone who's an extrovert, when I got back and went moved to L.A. and was just going out, I actually found it difficult to make friends for the first time in my life, which was really difficult for me because I just I was saying things that were off color. Part of that was military because you know just more direct, everyone's shooting the shit, just says their stuff. So part of that was actually like corrective assimilation that I needed, but a lot of it too is literally just not even understanding what was happening in america at the time that's pretty high level but those are definitely some of the things that i struggled with
0: i know uh, when we first started becoming friends like you were trying to figure out like what is your next step after leaving the military like what are you going to do for career like how much of an impact in that no sense of direction had, had an impact on your mental well-being and how your, your depression did that play a big
1: part yeah, absolutely. As you're getting out of the military, they, they do have a lot of programs and everything to help you re In my case, I felt it was a bit more difficult because we had to start that re process still in Italy. So by the time I was out, like I still had busy just putting in context in about two and a half years, I'd only been home for maybe a total of like 15 days, I think. Even just reassimilating and going through all the training, it's still just not the same as being in a place and being able to get a coffee with a potential future employer, or just start to reconnect with friends, hug them, and all that. It's just a different experience. I think overall it's just, it was just definitely challenging. Is is a way to put it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think I have some of those moments.
0: What What do you think the worst part? Is this is uh, you yeah, think about your history with depression and your mental health. What do you think is was the darkest
1: time for you? You know, what was that? What did that look like? Darkest time for me was. Probably like 2017, so I got out of the Army in 2016. There is a lot that kind of hit me all at the same time. Being someone that's a chronic optimist, it literally says it like in my Instagram bio. I was someone that things are good, like no issues, like we're chilling. But when you do that, like over time, shit just compounds it. As I was getting out 2016, starting to have issues making friends, that's starting to hit. Not in a career that I loved, that's starting to hit, left that career started to go to school, never loved school. I was glad to to go and, and get my master's and everything, but it wasn't easy at first. And then some more things hit around winter 2016. I found out my dad had a degenerative condition, so that hit. I was living with a girl at the time. We were starting to have issues, and then all of that kind of hit, as well as close friends around the same time. And Basically, all that compounded in 2017 and made itself into my lowest point in my life, I think around July 2017. and It was really tough, but one good thing is when you're down that low, the only place to go is up.
0: Yeah. So you talk about all these things that are happening in your life all at one time. Did you internalize that? Like, you know, how hard was it for you actually to communicate that struggle to the people around you, your girlfriend, your friends? Did you talk to anybody?
1: Brody, I did what guys do best. I fucking ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretended that there's nothing there. That's what there. we do. And that's what we do. That's what we do and it totally works out for us. But yeah, yeah, I ain't shit, I'm good. Like, yeah, just acting like it's not there basically. And just trying to look forward, but that stuff behind you, it, it always catches up.
0: What about coping mechanisms? Is it was alcohol, anything like that? Was it, Or was it just, just beating yourself up? What did that look like?
1: For me, luckily, I'm pretty blessed where I don't have too much like an addictive personality, I guess you can call it or, so it's like substance abuse has never really been a huge issue. Substance abuse in the sense of, I feel like I need a drink to feel better. I need to smoke this J to feel better. Of course, I've done those things. I felt like shit and went out with friends or felt like shit and yeah. took an edible or something. But luckily I've always been able to just stop if I ever needed to. Um, you did hit on like beating yourself up. That's something that from my lowest point that I learned. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned because Not only was I going through a lot of shit, I was beating myself up because I was going through a lot of shit and starting to feel down all this. Like, I was like, dude, man up. You're good. Why are you feeling down? And just really internalizing that, like beating yourself up. And it's, it's incredible how much lower you can make yourself just by what you're telling yourself in your head outside of all the external shit that you're going through. That was one of the things that really fucked me up. That was one of my biggest takeaways from when I was going through everything.
0: You, do you think internalizing this did it push people away? Did it? I know obviously it was rough on them, you know, your your relationship with your
1: ex. but Do you think it, yeah, as a whole, it just pushed away friends, family? I'd say so. You're just not there. You're not your best self when you're going through all that. It's also just harder to connect on people on a deeper level. If you're not really sharing deep shit about yourself, like people aren't really going to be sharing deep shit to you, and so you're just keeping a lot of stuff surface level, which obviously is not really any way to live. So. I would definitely say so. So, this period of time,
0: like, what do you think people misunderstood about what you were going through? I think that's an important thing to talk about with depression is like, people just think of it as a, oh, he's just going through a rough patch in his life, or it's, I'm happy with my job or whatever. And what is it? me personally being your friend at the time? I got more of an insight, but what do you think people from the outside looking in misunderstood about what you went through in that period of your life?
1: I'd say this was probably initially partly because of me, but then just society in general, and I can get a little bit into that, but just almost not fully comprehending how low I was from going back to me at first. I just don't think I was expressing that initially when I did hit rock bottom though. I think I was, and I did feel like in that moment I really saw who I could really lean on when shit hits the fan because certain people you tell you know, like, I'm fucked up right now. I need help. And they're just like, you're good, man. You're fine. Like, don't worry about it. Blah, 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 blah. And then you get the friends that really sit down with you and like deep dive into how you're feeling and all that. So it was tough. But I think from outside looking in, people probably just looked at me and just assumed that I probably just wasn't going through as much. And again, it's probably why it was my fault. It just making me seem like I was all good. Of course, you have things like social media it always makes things seem like everything's going on good. I'm not posting all my deep shit on social um, See but yeah, people probably, <laughs> yeah, people probably just didn't even realize like how bad shit was for me at that point.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what was that moment where, like, you were just you sat there and you think, "Fuck, I need to do something. I need to get
1: help." What was that moment? What did you do? Yeah, that moment for me was July 2017, and. That was a really difficult moment because that was the lowest moment of my life. And I had woken up and I can't describe the way that I felt. I've never felt that way before, since ever. But in that moment, I just made the decision and plans to to take my life. And that was, I think, early July. And I had everything set up and was laying on my bed looking at it. And honestly, what really pulled me out of it was thinking about everyone that it would affect and got out of my bed, took a picture of the setup, saved it as my favorite so I never forget, and then started calling therapists. So that's
0: fucking awful. No one should have to have that running through their mind where they're at the lowest point in their life. And they just think this is the only way out what well, was yeah. going through your mind at the time. It was it like, you thought there was no other alternative. You just wanted something to change. Was it sheer frustration? Like, what is that?
1: It was just it fucking it, and the pain I was, I think, I was just not able to sleep with get your sleep y'all because not having sleep is just going to make anything worse and it's not that I wasn't trying to sleep I just could not sleep I was like on two weeks with like only a few hours of sleep so it was just hitting me bad and yeah I think it's just ended I won't have to feel this anymore and just any worst feelings you've ever had times a thousand and in that moment and that's what's running through your head
0: and I'm, I'm grateful you pulled yourself through that, man.
1: Yeah, no, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I definitely appreciate you, you sharing that. But obviously, it's a hard thing for people to talk about, but I think yeah. we need to talk about it, especially as men too. There's this stigma yeah. that you know, if we like, what's going through our heads, or you share that we're going through a rough spot, it makes us less of a man, especially in a society now where we don't know what our male identities are in society you kind of changes on a day-to-day basis but it's like yeah. that it, man it, take, it takes a lot of courage
1: to, to talk about that man i appreciate it yeah. yeah thanks man not a lot of people know that but now everyone knows so fuck it vulnerability <laughs> what what have you learned
0: since that moment Not just about yourself but how to manage when you're going through these you know let's say you have a shitty day you have great days and then you have some days where the weight of the world becomes a bit too much
1: like how do you handle that now so I will say this positive take is I've never gotten remotely close to that ever before or since. One thing that I immediately did as soon as I was that close and pulled myself out, I uh found a bunch of digital pictures of family and friends, sent them to this service. They were actually they were offering like like free first 20 pictures or something. Cause I was like a student at that time, I was broke as shit, so I was like, perfect. <laughs> and uh, they printed them out, sent them to me, and I took all of them and just put them right in front of my computer. So while I'm sitting there, I had all my friends and family always looking at me and staring at me. I did that for probably at least like a year or two. I even moved and I still had them up in the next spot I moved to. Just no matter what I'm going through, like I can never let all those people down. And so that's how I initially coped with it. Now just the same stuff that I use. Prior to that deep low, just leaning on friends, working out. I had to retrain my brain because, as I said, I've always been such an optimist. But I had fallen into such negativity like never before. I really just had to retrain my brain. So every time I had a negative thought, I would just spin it positive every single time. And at first, it was like impossible. Like You couldn't tell me shit positive. But luckily, I had that. That prior experience, I was like, no, fucker, you were positive for so long. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of positive in this world. Yeah, and another path towards that was just like overall, just gratitude, just practicing gratitude in the fact that you know I'm alive, I'm breathing, I can walk, I can work out, I have friends, like I have a roof over my head, like I have food. Just basic level of like gratitude, I think, is really helpful in coping when you're at such a low as well. So those things have all helped back then in addition to to now. Did you you try any sort
0: of more traditional methods back then, like try therapy? Did you try like online
1: support? What did you try there? Yeah, let me tell you, I was calling therapists left and (laughs) right. So I healthcare through the, the Veterans Affairs office and people say good and bad things. I've had I've had middling experiences depending on what exactly I'm looking for. When it comes to mental health, it can be a challenge. As you can imagine, that population is probably a higher propensity of mental health issues than other parts of the population, especially considering that point we were in the middle of a two-decade war, multiple wars, just even trying to get into the VA healthcare. They're like, yeah, totally, we'll get you an appointment in three months. And it's, yeah, I'm about to off myself in three minutes. So it's just, that was really challenging, but kept searching and quick shout out, found a resource called Give an Hour, Um, fantastic resource. I think at the time they only donated time to veterans, but I think it might've expanded beyond that now. Essentially, it's therapists that literally donate their time to people and went on there and just started calling a bunch of therapists. There's this one therapist, I can't remember her name. She was so sweet, but she just didn't have any time for me. She had no extra slots and I was just giving it to her. I was like, I needed help. You're not going to fucking help me. Like, I need it. And did try the therapy. Luckily, ended up going to this other lady who was fantastic helped so much and literally completely free when saw her for once a week for months i don't even remember how long exactly i can't remember what her going rate was but it was well over 100 or 200 dollars an hour and she was giving it all to me for free based out of beverly hills office overlooked the entire hills and i'm like i cannot believe this lady's giving me her time like this but out uh, of the goodness of her heart she did and she saved me i did do a uh, traditional uh we did use traditional resources like therapy as well. I can definitely
0: say the, the period between when I saw you at your worst to when you came to New Orleans for that crazy weekend <laughs> in Mardi Gras, there, <laughs> it, it, there, there was a big difference there, man. Like it was a, it was yeah. Two different people. That was, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Mardi Gras was like my reawakening. <laughs> yeah, a, that was... <laughs>
1: yeah great times
0: obviously yeah we we talked about the shittiest parts of like that part of your life like, what is the one positive thing that you didn't expect to come out of that time of your life
1: yeah just growth in general when you're so low you just you can't see the other end of it but everything you go through in life it teaches you lessons you grow from there's a reason why like you say, like, old wise man. You don't say young wise man. Because the old guy has gone through shit. He's figured stuff out. And yeah. I think, like I was saying before, just learning something as... i learned a ton. But just learning something as simple as, like, stop being hard on myself. That was so tough because, you know, playing football. I played football in college and all that. Like, you just work your ass off. Work harder. Like, you can do better. This isn't enough. Blah, 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 blah. Then it's in the Army. It's like, you can do better. It isn't enough. Push, push, push. And in those type of circumstances, like, I think... Some of that can be a little bit helpful, not being, you know, not beating yourself up, but just like really pushing yourself. But I think I took a lot of that and then just took it to like the negative sense where I was beating myself up. And I just told myself, like, you can never do that again i saw a great talk by carol dweck changed my life when it came to education and it was it's like the power of believing in not yet like you're still learning and it's she all talks about a growth mindset i think she's out of stanford university prior to me getting my master's like i was like oh i'm horrible at math i don't fucking know math like i'm a history guy i'm an english guy like anything but math and then after watching her ted talk and she basically just you know all Empirical back to data and studies that she was just talking about to prove her point, but essentially, like they were just testing like certain groups of kids, who just you know, instead of telling a kid, like, oh, you're bad at math, the teacher would instead be like, oh, you just don't get it quite yet. And the difference in that child's like development over time was like exponential. So, basically, looking at stuff like that and then applying it as well to not being so hard on myself, like, yes, maybe I shouldn't be thinking about this sad thing for the 800th time today <laughs> and, you know, this 800th different way, but guess what? Yesterday it was 802 times. So today it's 800. You're on your way. So just just changing the mindset a little bit, I think was so freaking valuable to me. And it's, you can still hold yourself accountable. You still push yourself, but you just don't beat yourself up and lesson wise and coming through all this as a positive. Definitely things like that. It's awesome, man. That's really awesome.
0: Okay. So Let's say you can give our listeners the opportunity to walk a day in your shoes. What do you want them to learn
1: about your battle? If you are so low and you're just in it and you're as low as I was, instead of maybe thinking about yourself, just try to maybe just consider all the people you would be hurting if you like took your life, like literally imagine like your mom, like your funeral, like your dad, like your friends. Yeah. If you can't pull yourself out of that moment because you're just being, you're, just crushing on yourself and you're just like, I can't do this. This is it. Just try to do that and maybe do what I did. Like literally print their pictures out and just like put them in your face. Cause I was a student at times. So I was always at my computer. So literally just seeing them, like, it's like, I would sit there and tell myself, I was like, you cannot do this to your mother. You cannot, like, you cannot do this to your dad. Like you cannot do this to your sister. And that's what really helped pull me through. I'm not saying that's going to work for literally everyone. I And that's a pretty simplistic strategy but it worked for me and i would definitely tell people that as well as do your best to get out and just kind of be around friends be around family anyone that'll help make you feel good that's obviously always incredibly helpful and beyond that just practice gratitude and just be thankful for the smallest things that you might have that other people in the world would just they're sitting like something little that like, you might have someone across the world might be praying every night on their bed that they have that thing so Just find those things and just practice gratitude and just appreciate that we're all on this floating rock going 400,000 plus miles an hour to who the hell knows where. And let's just enjoy life while we're here and what we have is really special.
0: Uh, that's some good advice. I know th- you think about how fast we're actually traveling through universe, but
1: no, yeah, good advice. It makes no <laughs> sense. Where are we going, bro? <laughs> I don't We've know. Been going for billions of years. <laughs> where is the end?
0: <laughs> uh, I have no idea. God, I don't even know what I'm doing on day to day basis. The universe, I have nothing. <laughs> What's next
1: for you, man? Yeah, where are you going for me? I just continue to grow, man. I think when I'm 31 now, I think it's important to just keep growing. It's important to just keep learning. I have grown a lot since twenty seventeen, but thirty-one year old Kevin is still gonna be so stunted from thirty-two year old Kevin, thirty-three year old Kevin, thirty-one and eight months, Kevin. Yeah. So just continuing to grow and just be the best version of myself that can. I still have my quirks and things that I need to work on. And I'm in no way, shape or form perfect mental health wise, just continue to grow and, and yeah, and do more stuff like this, be open. And I was talking to you. This is totally new for me. I don't do shit like this. Like a lot of stuff I've already shared is just not stuff that people outside of even my most innermost circle have ever heard. Destigmatizing these type of conversations, especially amongst normalizing them. That's something that I'm definitely passionate about. And also looking to just surround myself with people that have those same ideas because something else I learned coming through all this is facing your shit is the brave thing to do. Yeah. Putting it behind you, acting like it's nothing—that's not brave. That's some weak body shit. <laughs> Face it, man up, and move on. And that's something that I realized too. I thought I was being a hard motherfucker, acting like I was always good, but in reality, I was a scared motherfucker. I was scared of feelings and emotions. And being brave is facing that shit. Just I could jump out of a goddamn plane, but I couldn't listen to my own freaking emotions. It made no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think all in all, just continuing along that that path and just trying to be the best version of myself, and definitely not too much of a nuisance to those around me. You're
0: never a nuisance to me, man. I like, you know, I enjoy our friendships. <laughs> but, uh, Kevin, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Yeah, you know, what you talked about. Yeah, it, uh, it takes a lot of courage, a lot of balls to, and you're setting a good example for a lot of people out there. So, I really appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate for, you. Thank you, man. I'm always here. <laughs> Not over here for you too. <laughs> and for those of you out there that are having a, going through a bad time, having a shitty day, just talk to somebody. Reach out to a friend, family member, a therapist. Fucking DM me on social media. I'll, I'll talk to you. There's always someone there willing to listen. You're not know alone. <laughs>